0: One, so, on, so, so, on, so unchanging un-
1: Father, just coming in on this Wednesday, singing these few songs, and Lord, I just immediately, the atmosphere has changed already, Lord. We thank you for the gifts in the body. Thank you for the songs of Zion. Thank you for the gathering of the saints. Thank you for the Holy Ghost, Lord. Lord, that's resident in this building. Father, as each one has come together, and brought their portion. Now we're asking that you yourself would descend over us. That you, O oh God, would just bri- bind us together in such a way, O oh God, that it'll be you. I pray you'll take this service into your hands now. We pray you'll bless it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'll invite you to turn to the book of Genesis, chapter 11. Genesis, chapter 11. We're going to read, rather than be lengthy, we'll just go short with the Scriptures. We'll start the reading in verse 5. Genesis chapter 11 shows the conditions of the earth that existed just prior to God making a covenant with one man. And uh, we are facing some of the same conditions in the earth today. Verse 5, and the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. If that isn't the condition of the world today. Now, they may not speak the same natural language, but the spirit of their dealings, their work, their actions, it is the same in every nation around the world. And it is governed by the king of this evil age, Satan's Eden. But then God says in verse 7 Go to, let us go down and there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. You may have your seats. God bless His Word. I am not going to actually preach tonight. I am, it's been on my heart to play a tape, and we're going to play that tape. This is the scripture that Brother Branham used for that tape, and I want to just uh, give way to that which is on the tape, and I want to say, how grateful I am as a son of God that I can hear the voice in this age. And I will say the enemy does everything he can to get us nervous and upset and that we will not get the full impact of the messages that we have. So I feel tonight we just as a people, as a congregation, just want to go and listen to this message. It is, from 1958, it's the oneness of unity, and I'm just going to get right to it if we can. Go ahead and play that.
2: Now, in the tower of Babylon, if you'll notice that tower, it was the beginning, Babylon, which I will speak on later this week, the Lord will. Babylon, the very city, was patterned out of heaven. And in there they had the river Euphrates flowing right by the throne. And the garden, swinging garden, and that's patterned off of heaven. For the river of life. flows by the throne of God. And you see, the achievement that man was doing was making a pattern, perverted. And then in this great thing, they had a man by the name of Nimrod. And Nimrod was bringing all the rest of the cities and the nation under one great dominion. Showing that it's a man-made theory, just a pattern. Amen. But God's church is united under God. Man has nothing to do with it. It's united under God. And this Babylon, which was the beginning of uh, in the creation in the Genesis, we find out that it's plumb over in Revelations, and it speaks out the ecclesiastical world in the last days, which is now, will find it unite under the Antichrist, a man-made religion. But I'm thankful to say that God's church will be united too, under one head, God. But the man-made religions will all come into this Antichrist religion. There'll be two forms of them. One form will come from Rome, which will be the beast. And there is an image unto the beast, which will be the ecclesiastical head of the Protestant church heap up as an image unto the beast under the denominational world. And it'll all come under one great dominion and the antichrist will be the one that's enthroned and seated anti against almost exactly like but yet is, is is teaching isn't from the scriptures enough of the scriptures to make it look like that it's right but it'll be wrong and I know you're you're saying brother Bram you're referring to Rome now. That's exactly, and not only Rome, but Protestantism too. Exactly the Bible said so. But there you are. The devil uniting people under one head. One ecclesiastical head. A man on earth. The Bible said he would sit in the temple of God. Showing that he is God. And how he would wear a triple crown and all these things that he would do. The vicar of of heaven, earth, and purgatory. And under this would be an image to him where all the rest of them would unite together. But the church of the living God will be united under the power of God and the supervision of the Holy Spirit. God's church shall be united. Oh, aren't you glad? In this dark hour when everything's shutting off, people are not caring. They don't seem like their hearts are getting farther and farther away from God. The world's getting colder and colder and indifferent because these great ecclesiastical heads are forming up. In Russia, Russia is trying to unite the world under communism. Russia, the devil that's controlling Russia, is trying to unite all the world under communism. They'll never be able to do it. And then, The UN, United Nations, is trying to unite them under a union police force. Another man-made system. It never will work. It can't. But they're all trying to. And let me say this with respect, but according to the Word of God that every nation today is dominated by the devil. The Bible said so. Satan showed our Lord the kingdoms of the world, and he said, these are all mine. To do with them anything I want to do. And if you'll worship me, I'll give them all over to you. And Jesus knew that he was going to fall heir to Him in the millennium. So he said, get thee behind me, Satan. If the world was governed by Christ, we'd stack arms and there'd never be another bullet fired. We wouldn't have any use for Sputniks and for hydrogen bombs to blow up people. When Christ takes over the governorship of this world as the King of kings and Lord of lords, the people will be united to him under one great big domain. It'll be a time all nations are wanting people to be one. Germany thought they all ought to be Germans. Russia thinks they all ought to be Russians. The Western world thinks they ought to come under here. And they want them to speak one language, just like they did in Babylon. God said they are one language. And he wants them all to speak one language. They want them all to be one united persons. But it will never take place under man's dominion. But I'll say this, that there's coming a time when all nations will be united together under one king, and that will be Jesus Christ, God's son. And they'll speak one language. They'll be one in heart and one in purpose. Daniel saw the end. When the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and it rolled into the kingdoms of the world and crushed them, and they become like the trash on the floor, the husk that the winds blew away, but the stone covered all the earth. That stone is Christ. There will be sometime, there will be one nation, one people, one flag, the old rugged cross. Praise be to the living God. My hopes is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood with righteousness. When all around my soul gives way, then he is all my hope and stay. For on Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other grounds is sinking sands, all other grounds. Churches, denominations, nations, UNs, whatever it might be, it's all sinking sands. Got to come to an end. I've had the privilege of standing in Rome where the great Caesar who tried to unite all the world under the Roman Empire. And today, you have to dig 20 feet down to find the ruins of that city. I stood in Egypt for the great Pharaohs that tried to unite the world under Egypt. And you dig 20 and 30 feet to find the ruins of the city. Here we have no continuing city, says the Bible, but we seek one to come. Not long ago, when I, one time went out to a place when I was a little boy, I seen a great tree where I used to go and sit under that tree. And I said, when I'm an old man, I'll come back and sit under this certain tree. And I'll look up into its branches And I will admire its beauty as I am today of a boy of 12. There's nothing left of that tree but a snag. Why, there is nothing here that can continue. It must cease. And every mortal thing speaks of an immortal one coming. For everything that we see is a perverted act of something that's real. I marry a couple and see a lovely young girl in her blushing keen, a young man with his shoulders back, standing as they are one and their hearts beating together. I think isn't that too prettier picture to ever be marred by death? But it's just a few years till the hair turns gray, the shoulders stoop, and back to the dust they go. What is it? It's a picture when they're standing there that there is a land beyond the river where every symptom of death is taken away, their immortals shall stand in his likeness. The sun and the stars do outshine. That great morning star hasn't lost any of its beauty since the Lord blowed it from his hands and hung it in its orbit, And look what a few years does to us. But what did he say in the scripture? He said, those that have turned many to righteous shall outshine the stars. So we look for a city whose builder and whose maker is God. After you see this great something that I'm trying to build your mind into for a context, I'm trying to let you see out here that there is a a working of an enemy. And the working of the enemy by a perverted spirit is trying to do that which the spirit of Christ is trying to do. The enemy is trying, like the pro and con, to unite all the world under one great head. The worlds are doing that. Russia. UN. And now let me go just a little further. And the church is trying to do it. Under man-made setup. It'll never work. It's not God's program. I can prove that by His Word. But you know, God made you a person to make you desire to be that way so that He could fill you up with His goodness. Now if a man has to be full of something, that's right, this is a choosing time. You cannot stand neutral any longer. You may leave before the message is over, but you can't go out that door the same person you come in. That's right. You'll cross that threshold tonight either a better person or a a more evil person than you was when you entered. You can't help it. It's up to you to make a decision. Now notice, it's a choosing time. You can't be neutral. It's a choosing time. You must choose you this day whom you're going to serve. And the devil has presented many things glamorous that you can choose if you wish to. You can't remain the way you are because you've got to be if you're empty. Now, I wish this to stay among us. And the good Lord of heaven knows that I'm not saying this to be indifferent, but I'm just saying this to show a truth. And our great evangelists who are crossing the world today, and not long ago, I had the privilege of sitting at the breakfast with this famous Billy Graham who I believe is God's servant, going across the nations, calling them to Christ, calling the world to Christ and to repentance. And I heard him say before a group of preachers, as he picked up the Bible like this, and he said, this is the example. He said, Paul went into a city and he made a convert He came back a year later, and he had 30 converts. He said, I go into a city and have 20,000 converts. I come back in a year and don't have 20. Oh, how I wanted to say something. But that was his meeting. Billy Graham with his message is telling people to repent and to turn from sin and that's an essential message and God has chosen Billy Graham to do it no one else can do it like he had to because he's following the Lord he is in the spirit of John which before the first coming of Christ went forth and preached repentance and done no miracles but he preached and stirred the regions and made them ready for the next message coming. But today as Billy Graham, our beloved brother, as he's having the people to dump themselves out with sin, he hasn't got the message of filling up again. That's what's the matter. You are dumped out. But let me humbly speak to you as your brother. The Bible said when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walks in dry places. In other words, he's going around everywhere trying to find rest. A spirit is not very bad until he can find somebody that he can talk to or live to. Just recently, I could feel the spirit in the meeting. And you all who are sending your letters in as an apology of the first night or two to believe that it was some kind of a mental setup, and now you're convinced, sure, I forgive you. God does too. And the Lord bless you. Certainly. When the meeting going on, an evil spirit in the meeting, that spirit is almost harmless until it can catch somebody that it can work through. Then when it can work through, it'll certainly do damage because it is a evil spirit. And the Holy Spirit is here trying to find somebody to work through. And when it finds somebody to work through, it can do good. See the two spirits? their motives, objectives, watch how it is. Watch their works. Watch their fruits. Then you can see what spirit is on you. You are motivated by spirit. If you have no spirit, you're dead. And if you have a spirit, it motivates your life. And if your life bears the fruit of a Christian, it's a Christian spirit. Now, you may be filled. Now, watch this evil spirit? When he goes out, he walks in dry places, hunting a place to find rest. The Bible said he could not find it. So he says, I will return back to where I come out of. He goes back to this person that he was once in, and he finds the house all swept, cleaned up, sanctified, all condemnation gone. Oh, just a real happy believer, but it's empty. And he said, come here, seven other spirits worse than he was. Will you please try to get this? The Bible said that's the truth. Jesus said it's the truth. And he comes back to this house. A man who's confessed Christ to be his savior has got rid of his wickedness, has quit his drinking, quit his smoking, his lying, his stealing. He has become sanctified, cleaned out. His house is all swept. He feels free. So he comes back and he finds that house. Then he goes and gets seven other spirits, worse than he was, and comes into this person, and the Bible said that the life, the state of the man, is seven times worse than it was at the beginning. Now, what does happen? A evangelist comes through. They preach repentance, and you clean up from your sins. And then, when you're cleaned up, the devil goes away from you. You take your things back that you stole. You go confess your wrongs to your wife or your husband. You're really clean up. And then the thing of it is, you're just clean and make a real good target for the devil. Now, after the people believed and was baptized, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And that's God's divine program. Now if you are filled with the world and when you get saved you might be filled with good thoughts and so forth but unless you are filled with god god sent the holy spirit to the earth to motivate the church and you might be filled with thoughts you might be filled with theology and you might be filled with education or know it all. And you might be filled with religion and still be a target of the devil. That's right. Now, when God made you so you could empty, for when you was born, you was made with a place to be filled. By nature, you're a child of the devil. And when new advances comes along, and you repent and get cleaned up, you see what the devil comes? He brings back to you and sets you in some little denomination and say, our church is the biggest one. You're wrong right there to start with. Then you get heady, high-minded, why don't condemn me to stay home and watch television? It doesn't condemn me to smoke a little friendly cigarette or take a drink once in a while. Your fruits tells what you are, and then you'll hear some clergyman get up, and you might be reading the Bible, and you see where Jesus performed and done miracles. You take it to the pastor. Oh, he'll say, now look, we don't believe that. Who's we? is the we don't believe it him and who it isn't him and God for God wrote it it's him and somebody else and if you'll get behind it it's the same motive that was at the tower of Babel to build a man made earthly dominion but God don't want that He don't want you all united under the methodist under the baptist under the uh any ecclesiastical church head he don't want you all united under rome he don't want you all united under the uh, any church dominion he wants you united under his spiritual kingdom the holy spirit and when the holy spirit comes the world becomes dead and you're filled with the baptism of the holy ghost and the devil is a person that has to stay away from you you're under god's domain you are a new creature the holy spirit come into that empty place and fill it up now a pastor any cult some little literature you'd read might say to you The days of miracles is past. That's a good place for the devil to slip on them spirits in there and make you a worse person than you was when you was a sinner. Because a religious sinner is the worst of all. That's the worst Jesus said so. It's the worst spirit. Then you might go to a meeting where the great power of the Lord and the first thing you'd say when you saw it Now I just wonder, if I get mixed up with this, they'll give me my letter at the church. See where you're at? Now maybe it doesn't. There's fine denominations, fine pastors, Methodists, Baptists, all different types that believe in the supernatural moving of God. That believes that man's got to be born again and filled with the Holy Spirit. And I thank God for every one of them. There's many of them that believe. God's got his children stuck out in every place. But what I'm trying to say in the majority, you find out at all those churches, I wanna ask you Methodist people something that don't believe in divine healing. What about John Wesley, your founder? When he was riding his horse to pray for a sick woman and the horse stumbled in a gopher hole and fell and broke its leg. John got off his horse, took a bottle of oil and said, Lord, you've made this horse the same as you made me, and anointed the horse with oil and got on him and rode away. What about that? You're preaching in a modern Methodist church today, they throw you out the door. Certainly. But you see what it is? The old mother prostitute of the Bible, Revelation 17, she had daughters. And surely I don't have to go in detail on that. Protestantism is a product of Catholicism. Certainly it is. They brought a lot of this stuff out, still hanging on to it. Still doing it. Way away from scriptural teaching. Way away from the Apostles' teaching. They made themselves up an Apostles' Creed. I want any man to tell me where the Apostles ever quoted a, a, quoted a creed like that. Never, never. But you lay on to it, and you call your priest father. And Jesus said, call no man father. And you people, you get your little prayer books out, both Protestant and Catholic, and say prayers over and over and over, both Protestant and Catholic. And Jesus said, don't use vain repetitions like the heathens do. Think they can be heard or they're much talking. You see, pot can't call kettle black. that's right. It's all under condemnation, every man-made theory. And that's the reason in a revival like this, come to the city, these seats are set empty. But God will send it anyhow, and the papers will blast it. And it's the day of judgment. When you're called to answer, you'll be found guilty, as they was back there. Didn't Jesus say the queen of Sheba, the queen of the south, come all the way from the utmost parts of the world, sitting on the back of a camel, three months, to see a gift of God, which was Solomon? He said, verily I say in you, a greater than Solomon is here. And I say tonight that a greater than Solomon is here. It's the person of Christ in the Holy Ghost. farming and working, producing in the human life just as he did here. God made you a place that can be emptied. Now you can't just polish the old life up. You can't give the old life a facelift. She's got to die and a new life be born in her. She don't need something. Manicure? Or what did you put on your lips? That what the women do? You know, to make them look better. She don't need a hair curling. She don't need the lip stuff. The church needs a birth and a filling of the Holy Ghost. With her hair curled and her lips painted, she's still the same old girl. She still is a doubter. She still is has her doubt. She has her fears she's got herself all scrupled up and she don't want to hear the truth because the thing that is within her won't let her do it that's right certainly a woman of ill fame on the streets you walk up and tell her hey woman you're wrong she'll say tend to your own business and some stiff-necked church member is Seven times worse than that woman. Tell her, there's a great revival going on. You should come down. The Lord Jesus has manifested himself. Healing the sick. People are so forth receiving the Holy Spirit. Wong. What's the matter with you? I belong to church. I'm as good as you. Why? Wow. She don't know any better. But you speak to a decent woman. I tell her it's wrong to do that, she'll say, amen, I know that's wrong. And you tell a man or a woman that's born again of the Spirit of God, that the baptism of the Holy Ghost is here for them, to fill their hearts, they'll order amen to it. For they feed and live on the Word of God. Certainly they do. But you see, as it is in the world, so is it in the church. They're trying to build something. God don't need your help to build his kingdom. God just wants you to preach the word. He'll do the building. He's the architect. He's got the plans right out here. All right. What do we do then? God made you a place to empty up of the things of the world. Now nature put a spirit in there that makes you love the things of the world, and you know you're wrong when you do that. Whether you're a church member, you may be just as religious as you can be. And just as full of the devil with it. That's right. If you doubt the Word of God, every word of it to be true, it's the devil telling you that. Certainly it is. That's rude. But it's time, high time, that some little sissified preacher got his rubber gloves off and preached the gospel the way it's wrote and quit kind of petty around with some seminary experience. I always felt sorry for an incubator chicken. A chicken that was born in an incubator chirps and ain't got no mammy to go to. That puts it in mind I have a seminary preacher that don't know no more about the word of God than what the seminary said. Chirping and no mammy to go to. But when you're really born under the wings of his grace and power, You'll agree with every word he said is the truth. And when God moves in the supernatural, your heart will hungry right to it. You won't get off on the side and say, mental telepathy, a devil, Beelzebub. I don't believe that. My church don't teach it. You'll say, God be praised forever, or you're filled. You can't stay empty. Empty is idleness. That's what's the matter with the converse today. As soon as you get converted, you start idling around. You ought to be over there on your knees seeking God for the baptism of the Holy Ghost to be filled up. Then you've got a wall, his blessed presence with you. And when the enemy comes in like the lion in the den that night with Daniel, the light of God shines out and he gets away from you. If the good man of the house hasn't got it garrisoned, certainly. Now, United, on the day of Pentecost, or just before it, the disciples had all been cleaned out. All their sins had been forgiven. And Jesus, the shepherd, the old hen as it was, as he said he would have gathered him as a hen is brood. Then when the spirit of the devil was kept away, waiting for the filling time, And yet in all that just 12 men, one of them got the anointing of the devil. And after he had seen Jesus do all those fine works, he was the very one that led the soldiers to put a rag around his head and hit him over the head with a club or a stick and say, Tell us who hit you, we'll believe you. After following Jesus and seeing his miracles and hearing the Jew come up, and Jesus tell him who he was, where he had come from. After seeing all that, this same man doubted it. After seeing him at the well of Samaria with the woman, tell her her sins, and hear the Pharisees say, he's a fortune teller. And then after seeing the lovely Jesus, the woman touching his garment and being healed, he still wouldn't believe and permitted us of unbelief to come to him because he was instructed on the outside. See what I mean? Oh, what a horrible thing unbelief is. And yet people profess Christianity setting with that in them. Heady, high-minded, the Bible said in the last days. Do I feel strange about it? No, sir. It makes me know this, that the end time is at hand. For the Bible said the spirit speaks expressly, you know what the word expressly means? That in the last days, that's this, peerless times shall come, for a man shall be lovers of herself. I'm Dr. Ph.D. Jones, and my my seminary experience, I, I have all my degrees, I'm a LLLD, our pastor is all this, that, that don't have one thing to do with God. I had a man come not long ago said, Brother Bram, I can plaster your wall with degrees. And said, every time when I got my doctor's degree, I thought I'd find Christ. When I got my literature degree, when I got my bachelor's degree, I hunted for Christ and all of it. And I haven't found him yet. He says, has the teacher's been wrong? I said, Christ is not going by these theological degrees but he's known in the person of the Holy Ghost which come down on the day of Pentecost. And the man fell across my coffee table in my dining room and there received the Holy Spirit. Amen. On the field tonight, preaching divine healing, which is one of the outstanding men of the day. What did the church do? Excommunicating. Right quick. Blessed are you when they put you out of the synagogues and things. for my name's sake. Well, the Bible said, they'll be heady, high-minded, when in the last days. Lovers of television, pleasures more than the lovers of God. Truth-breakers, false accusers. Now, I tell you, don't you go down to that meeting because there's nothing to it. False accusers. The Bible said so. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. What power is that? The disciples asked, just a moment. The disciples asked this question. When they seen that Judas had betrayed him and everything was at hand, they said, Lord, will thou at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Watch what he said. It's not for you to know that hour, but go up to the city of Jerusalem And you shall be endued with power from on high before you can be a witness. A witness has to know something. A witness has to have an experience. And you cannot be a witness of Christ until the Holy Ghost has baptized you. Jesus would not permit his disciples to preach the gospel until they received the Holy Ghost, yet they had been honored to walk with him three and a half years. Though they were holy men, accepted in his sight. But he would not let them read. Go preach until they waited up there and got all the differences out of them, and then the Holy Spirit came. What the world needs today is that same feeling. When the dumping out comes, it needs a filling. What does that feeling do when it comes in? Where you have doubt, it brings faith. Where you have indifference, it brings love. Where you had hatred, it brings fellowship. And then when the church of the living God someday will be united under one great head, and that will be the the head of God, God in the unity of the body of Christ will be the governor and the king and the Lord over the entire church under his control then she will be received up today all of the towers of babel they may build all of the rockets they may find all of the socialism and communism that they may stir up all the ecclesiastical systems will fail but in spite of all of it god will have a church united under his king under his kingship by the baptism of the Holy Ghost, Jesus said, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, speak with new tongues. If they take up serpents that which should drink any deadly thing, it will not harm them. They'll lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Great signs and wonders, the works that I do, shall they do also. Even more than this shall they do, for I'm going to the Father. A little while the world will see me no more, yet ye shall see me, for I'll be with you." What? Dump out, empty up, then I'll be in you to the end of the world, the consummation. Certainly, I'll be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. When that spirit is in there, it takes hold of God's eternal Word. And he calls everything contrary to it, as though it wasn't. No matter what it takes place, how the world says, what anything else says, if God has made the promise, the man that's endued with that spirit will hold on to that promise of God. Because there's nothing else in his way. The church is pure. The church is purged by the Holy Spirit. Their conscience, the seers of doubt and unbelief is taken away. And when they hear God's word say a certain thing, they believe it. Oh, they hold on to it. They just don't move from it. And the world today, my friend, is wanting to see people that's united with Christ to display the real genuine spirit of Christ. Gallant heroes. In closing, you might say, the world is wanting to see heroes. They honor heroes that's good the old saying is that cowards die a million times while heroes never die there's a story comes to my mind I would like to quote it to you just for a few moments it's a story of a hero that's too often forgotten many of you men my age and you women you remember it well in our school books it was many years ago in Switzerland The little Swiss people that went up in the mountains and built themselves some houses. They had their own little economics and so forth, their little homes, and they loved them. They wasn't a warring people. They were peaceful people. And all at once, one time, coming into Switzerland was a great, powerful army. And they were well-trained men, just sitting like them seats there, just like a brick wall, great shields, great spears, well-trained war men and they come marching into Switzerland to take what the Swiss had. And the Swiss to guard their homes, kissing their wives goodbye and their children and babies, they took old pieces of size blades, rocks and stones, great big old clubs, and went out in the valley to meet the oncoming army. And when they got gathered out there, just a little bitty handful of man, and all around them, was a great marching army. What could they do? They stood hopeless, helpless, one looking at the other. They were licked. There's no way around it. They were finished. And after a while there was a man by the name of Arnold von Winlard. He stepped out and he said man of Switzerland, Over across the mountain is a little white home where my wife and three little children wait. Say, when I kiss them goodbye this morning, I'll never see them again on this earth. They said, Arnold von Weak, Lord, what are you going to do? He said, this day I shall die for Switzerland. Well, they said, Arnold von Weak, Lord, that will do no good. Why do you say you will die for Switzerland? He said, you take what you've got, plowshares, little old sickles, sticks and clubs, rocks. that said, you follow me and you fight the best you can with what you've got. He so said, what will you do? And he threw down his sickle, his thing that he was going to fight with. He raised up his hands, and he screamed to that big army. He looked around. He saw where the thickest of spears was, just everyone in uniform number, marching him right against the mountain, on, on. Oh, that's the way the devil does it. Marching him right into the corner, he raised his hand, and he screamed, make way for liberty. And the oncoming army wondered what, and he started running. And he screamed again, make way for liberty. And when he got right into this great big bunch of spears where many pointed to catch him, he grabbed his arms out like this and got a whole armful of those spears and drew them into his bosom. Such a display, a real heroism. It upset that big army and it routed them. Here come the Swiss with clubs and sticks and beat that army out of their nation. And they've never had a war from that time to this because one man played the part of a hero and did what was right. That's never been exceeded and very seldom compared with as heroism. But oh, that's such a little thing. To one day, many years ago, when Adam's children the race of this world was backed up in the corner with sicknesses and diseases and sin. They'd been sent prophets and killed them and that all kinds of laws and refused them. And Adam's race was backed into the corner. There was one who stepped out of heaven and said, I'm going down to the earth this day to give my life. He found where the sickest of the darks was, the fears of Adam's race was death. He grabbed death as he went to Calvary and pulled it into his bosom and he told his disciples empty up now go yonder up, wait up yonder until I send you back something to fight with Bless it excuse me blessed be the name of the Lord he sent the Holy Spirit and said follow me cut sin and sickness to the wall Men and women, the greatest thing that's ever been given to the church of God is not to hold some ecclesiastical paper in your hands, but to be filled with God's Holy Spirit and cut the kingdom of the devil until our chief captain comes to take over. God bless you. Don't think I'm beside myself. That's true. I know what I talk of. Man of honor, women, you who believe in God, You claim to have the Spirit of God in your heart, if you're sick or needy, you've got the weapon there to fight that sickness with. It's in you. God gave it to you. Why would we stand out like a coward? Why would we stand on the sidelines? Let's follow the captain. Let's follow him that went to Calvary. When he went to Calvary, he was wounded for our transgressions. With his stripes, we were healed. Take that what he gives you and fight sickness and sin. Fight unbelief away. Tell the devil he's a liar. Christ said he has overcome the world. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Greater is the power of Christ in you and that sickness that you have in your body tonight. Greater is the power of Christ than that little besetting sin that you can't overcome. Let's take that Holy Spirit and Fight the devil down and walk out victorious as the heroes of the cross. Let us pray. Jehovah, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Jireh. We come in Jesus' name. We come because he said, ask the Father anything in my name, I'll do it. Here's a little bunch of people here tonight. We're staggering along trying to keep under the banner and the devil's hissing at them. They look out there at that great walled army that's all around them and tell them the days of miracles is past and there's no such thing. Oh, Lord God, may they grab that hold of that eternal life that's filled their heart, the Holy Spirit, and if he hasn't filled them, may he do it right now. May all the doubts vanish. And may this little body of people tonight be filled with God's filling power to take the place of unbelief and doubt and give them faith and love and happiness and joy and the Holy Spirit to lay hold of that promise that God gives, like Abraham of old and call the things that are not as though they were because God said so. Grant it, Lord. While we have our heads bowed, everywhere in this building, I wonder if there'd be a person here without the Holy Spirit tonight, would say, oh Lord, be merciful to me. I'm ashamed that I'm hanging around these towers of man-made ecclesiastical systems, of all this doubt and things that they produce with it. Lord, take me out of this dominion tonight and place me into your dominion by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want it now, Lord. Give me faith to believe for my healing. Give me faith to believe my sins are gone and all these things. Give me faith so that the Holy Spirit will come into me and just overflow my soul with joy. Would you raise your hands to him and say, I want to receive it. God bless you, lady. God bless you. You, you, you. All over the building. God bless you back there, lady. I'm waiting. God's watching. And you over here, all this rowing here. Yes, God bless you. I want the Holy Spirit. I'm tired going around a halfway life. Tippers and fusses and stews and doubts and fears is all in my heart, Brother Branham. But I want it all out. I want to be a place where I can be a shining light. I want me to be, my life to be like Stephen's. How he was fearless. He said his face shine like an angel. He wouldn't have to have a glaring light. An angel would be stern and know what he was talking about. He stood before that Saint Hadrian court and said, you stiff-necks, uncircumcised, the heart and ears, you resist the Holy Ghost like your fathers did. So do you. With an angel, he had a message. The word angel means messenger. Give me, a, make me a messenger, Lord, of the divine power of Christ by the Holy Ghost in my heart. Would you raise your hand, someone else who hasn't. The blessing's on you, sir. Blessings on you, young lady. God bless you, young man. The Lord sees you. Good. All right, now with your heads bowed, let's pray for God to fill you with the Holy Ghost right where you are. Brother Bram, you want to come down and lay your hands on me for the Holy Ghost? I don't have to. While Peter spake these words at the house of Cornelius, the Holy Ghost fell on them that heard the word. Faith cometh by hearing not laying on of hands, but by hearing. Hearing what? The Word of God. And I've tried in my humble way to show you the towers that's being built, the Babylon towers that's got to fall. And I'm pointing you to a tower and there's only one road up it, that's through the Holy Spirit. You can't set neutral. The Bible said in this day that every man that wasn't sealed with the Holy Ghost would have the mark of the beast. What is the mark of the beast? Unbelief. Oh, what your if your pastors had taught you in the Old Testament when the trumpet sounded, if the man wanted to go free, he could go free. If he didn't, he walked to the post and had an all bowed to his ear because he refused to go free. And if you refuse to go free, then you'll serve that taskmaster the rest of your day and your love. What's the seal of God, Brother Bram? The Holy Ghost. You says that scriptural. Absolutely. Many of them. Let me give you one so you won't forget it. Ephesians 4.30 said, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed till the day of your redemption. There's the seal of God. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You've looked for the seal of God to come in the last days, not on your forehead. Saying it was on your forehead is your knowledge to understand. But the Bible said the seal of God is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Everybody has it. Their hearts are free. They're sealed by the knowledge of God in their forehead that they do know that Jesus is dead and raised again because they can see him. A little while and the unbeliever will see me no more, yet you'll see me, the one's got the seal. For I'll be with you even in you to the end of the world. The works that I do shall you also even greater than this. For I go to my Father. The unbelieving world walks along in gross darkness round some tower of Babel a touch and there's something other around some superstition some cult while the real believer in the science and wonders and it's hid from the eyes of the unbeliever open your hearts now and let him come in
1: musicians come please how many feel washed amen. We need that, friends. We need that. As we said on Sunday, sometimes we got to come back to the place where God dealt with us previously and say, Lord, deal with me again. Amen. Let's just sing, my heart is open, my heart is open.
0: is open open. and won't Won't you come come inside? inside you fed
1: night just individual, and it needs to be individual. It needs to be self-examination. Lord, empty out of me everything, but it also needs to be us collectively as a body, as a people. I'm going to play another little section from this same service. It's just a few more minutes. And Brother Branham is going to pray. But the Holy Ghost gives witness to what was ministered. We're coming into a time, the world is uniting, but the bride needs to come and unite together as well. So I want you, he'll pray again. You enter into this, just this next little portion, just a few minutes. If you can play that, Sister
2: Ruth, please. You come out of bed. Tower. You come out in the valley where the lily of the valley is at. You come to the mountainside where the grace of God is flowing freely from the fountain of life. Confess your faults. Say, God, if you've done anything to somebody, say, I'll go back and make it right. Do that now. I want each one of you now, as I pr- say this prayer, I want you to pray it. You say it out loud with me. I'm just going to say it, but you pray it from your heart. With your head bowed, eyes closed, everybody. Don't raise your head till I say so. I'm just looking to see what I can see. Say this behind me. Almighty God, creator of heavens and earth, author of everlasting life, giver of every good gift, be merciful to me, O God. Forgive my unbelief. I believe the gospel. I believe that you're here. I believe that you're now performing your word in my body. Open the channels. I empty out my unbelief. I receive your spirit. I believe that you're in me now. I believe my sickness will vanish. How can death and life exist in my body when you're in there? I believe you, and I accept you now as my healer. Now, keep your head bowed. That's your prayer. That's your prayer. Now, I'm going to pray for you. Keep shut in. Keep shut in with God. Don't get nothing else on your mind now. He's right with you, right there by your side. You say, I want the Holy Ghost, Brother Branham, all right, he's right there to give it. You say, I want healing in my eyes, Brother Branham, he's right there to give it. I want my baby healed, he's right there to do it. I want my brother and my mother, he's right there to do it. Right there. Jehovah Jireh, the provided sacrifice. Now, I'm going to pray for you. The Bible said the prayer of faith shall save the sick, God shall raise them up. If I found grace in your sight by the working of the Holy Spirit, I'll pray with all my heart right now that the Holy Spirit will witness to you that the work is finished. Oh God, my Father, I come in Jesus' name to pray for this people who has now honestly and sincerely have confessed their wrongs. Oh, blessed God, may this be a night that they'll never forget. May the Holy Spirit come into every heart just now and just move out all everything and all the sickness from their body. I now challenge the devil to a debate. Satan, you are aware that you are whipped. You have no legal rights. Jesus Christ, my Lord, stripped you of every authority you had when he died at Calvary to take away sin and sickness. And you're nothing but a bluff, and we're calling your bluff. You know that when our Lord came to the tree. He cursed the tree. The next day it was withering. And our Lord said to his disciples, have faith in God. For if ye shall say, ye shall say, to this mountain be moved. Don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you have said is coming to pass. You can have what you said. Satan, you know the scripture on that. And I've just taught this people that God is in them. And if God is in them and they speak to that disease and say, be away from me, and don't doubt in their heart, right then that disease has to move. For Christ said so, for it's not them that speak, it's the Father that dwells in them that's speaking. They're in need. So come out of them in the name of Jesus Christ. I say as God's servant, by a message from an angel who anointed and has proved to the people that Jesus is here, and the message is right, so come out of them in the name of Jesus Christ. I adjure you to leave every sick person and get into outer darkness in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? I'm sure you heard that. How many heard that great roar go through the building just then? That was it. Surely you won't down any longer. That was God speaking back. Can't you see? Rise. Do you believe you're healed? Do you believe that God answered prayer? Raise your hands to him. Thank him for it. It's over. You're healed. Jesus said, if you shall say, what is it? When you're out from babbling, you're out from under unbelief, you're out from under superstitions, you're out from under all these things, and you're filled with God's own life. Your voice is His voice. You are. I spoke it in my room a while ago. God told me to do this, and here it is. He's confirmed it right now. Amen, And blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, what a time. That's the first time that's happened since South Africa. How long will you grope in unbelief? The wind swept through this platform here. Just now as the Holy Spirit crossed over here because it was the spoken word of God that did it. Amen. How many of you see you raise your hands? How many feel different in your body? Raise your hands. There it is. You are now healed by the glory of God. All that feels different. If you couldn't move your arm, move it. If you couldn't hear out of your ear, stick your finger to your ear and listen. You could hear. If you couldn't walk, stand to your feet. If you're blind, take off your shades from your eyes. You can see. The Holy Spirit passed through this place just now in a confirmation of the Word. Hallelujah, blessed be the name of the Lord. A wind like went over the building. How many could feel that when it went through here? Raise your hands, be honest with yourself. That wind that passed through the building, that's the Holy Spirit Say it, and it shall be done. Like a great loving wind went right down across here. And I heard it as it crossed over the audience. You heard it and felt it too. It's his presence all now that feel different. All now that feel that you're healed. All now that feels that Christ is in you. What was that? Just like the Holy Spirit come on the day of Pentecost. Come right down the wind that swept over here. How many is a witness of it? Raise your hand. Everyone honest from your heart. There it is. It swept right through the building just then. It's the same Holy Ghost. The same Holy Spirit comes by the same Word. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen.
1: Together. Do you believe he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? Do you feel that some of the unbelief that surrounded you has just been washed a little bit? Let's stay in that presence, friends. Let's walk in that presence. Let's let's take steps in that presence. I believe that God is desiring to work in our lives. And we want him to do what he wants to do amen. Do we know the song, He's the same God? He's the same God.
0: The same
1: God who
0: spoke to the woman at the well. He's the same God whose wonder
1: Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Brother Moses, can you come up and just offer a word of prayer as we close? Just dismiss us in his presence, if you will. Come on right up.
3: Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Almighty, precious Heavenly Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, What a wonderful time to spend in your presence, Lord, this evening to hear the word of truth coming from the prophet, the prophet of this age, oh God, we thank you for that, that we have that privilege to come in your presence, Lord, to have fellowship with you and have communion with you, Lord, that was spoken this evening, Father, our heart has been stirred. Lord, we heard from the truth, we heard the truth, oh Father, coming to our heart, and we accept, we believe. We just want to say, Lord, we accept it and we believe it in our heart. Let it be done to us, Lord, according to your word, O oh Father. Let the word find the anchor inside of our heart, oh God, Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray we don't want to come out of this place, oh God, the same way as we came in, Lord. Father, we don't want to forget the word that we heard this evening, our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we don't want to be under the unity of a man, under a system of a man, but we want to be under the unity of the Holy Ghost himself. Father, according to your word, the unity of man will fail and has failed many times, but there will be a bride and there is a bride that is under the unity of the Holy Ghost himself. Father, Lord, we have not received the message that brought us only to repentance, but we have received a message that is filling with the Holy Ghost as well, Father. Lord, may you come and fill our heart this evening, Father. There is one baptism, but many refillings, Lord. For those who don't have that experience yet, Father, may you fill each heart with the Holy Ghost, Father. Lord, may you come and fill our heart with your presence, with the Holy Ghost, and take away anything that is not of yours, Father. Lord, Lord, we put away anything that is not of yours, but let the Holy Spirit find his dwelling place in our heart. As the prophet said it, Lord, we commit ourselves to you. We love you with all our heart, Father. The promise of healing is ours, Father. The promise of deliverance is ours. Lord, may you touch his heart. May you touch its body. May you touch his spirit this evening, Lord. Father, we are claiming your promises and we are going victorious based upon your word. Father, we love you. We give you the glory and the honor. Bless each one of us, Lord, as we're going our separate ways. The same angels that was in that tape that this was playing back then, Father, as the prophet was preaching, the same angels who has been with us this evening, Lord. Let the same angels go with us, Lord, our separate ways until we meet again. We love you and appreciate you, Father. Bless our church, bless our pastor, as we commit ourselves to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray.
1: Amen. Thank you, Brother Moses bless you. Amen. I trust that as you receive the word tonight, we can fulfill what the prophet said, that we're all going out of here a better people. You're washed by the water of the word. You're clean by the word. Jesus said that I have spoken to you. And I can say it because I believe that's the water, that this word is the, is the dresswear for the bride. Now, don't just take the word and tuck it away. Let's, let's employ it now. Let me empty out, but let me fill up too, Lord. I believe we heard things while the world is uniting. There's something that's bringing us together as well. And you, you can almost walk and say, you heard things that nobody in this city would have heard tonight. You heard things that even in this country, very few heard tonight. We are blessed, friends. We are blessed to have this message. Amen. Greater is he that is in you, as we're dismissed.
0: Satan's like a roaring lion, roaming to and fro. He's seeking whom he may devour, the Bible tells us so. And many souls have been his prey, to fall in some weak eyes.